and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business stuff. What a great tagline I just gave there. My name is Justin Powell, I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about the acting process when it comes to creating a character, and why we should give ourselves some leeway in that regard. I'll explain. So, I don't know about you, I've been acting for 10 years now, and a lot of times whenever I get a new role, for example, right now I'm going to play, and when I get the role, it's almost like all of my ideas about a process to create the role go completely out the window. Like I forget everything that's worked for me in the past. And sometimes that left me feeling this tremendous sense of doubt. Like, how do I not have a process at this point? How do I not have repeatable steps that I can take to get me deeper into character every time? And what I've learned, ultimately, is that process to get into character is something that's going to shift based on the role. Every role is going to require different things out of you. Some roles might require more physical work. You know, if your character has a noticeable limp or something that you have to work on with the physicality to make sense. If you're playing the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, for example. That's sad. I'm, that's really sad when they do that story now. Now that's burned down. But if you're playing a role that requires some physicality, you're going to have to primarily work on that a lot throughout your process. And if you're playing a character that is very close to you, that might require less of the internal work, maybe more than on the kind of outside-in stuff. But ultimately, I, I think the thing to remember is that our process is going to shift. And so after listening, you know, something I do for the acting notes, Instagram and TikTok is I post a lot of clips of actor interviews. And those are interviews that I watch a lot I mean, I probably spend like maybe five days a week. I spend about six hours a day listening to acting interviews. I'm doing other things as it happens. I'm not just sitting on my couch, you know, turning a lamp on and off as I listen to Michael Fassbender talk about the movie Shame. But I am listening to these and then noting down times where I find information interesting. And when you listen to a lot of these actors' interviews, you start to pick up similar ideas that a lot of them share. And one of those ideas is that the process is always shifting. That it's more about having different tools in your tool belt. You know, I just listened to uh, Lapita Nyong'o, who was in 12 Years a Slave, who was in Us, uh, amongst a slew of other films, talk about her time at Yale, at the Yale Drama School where the teacher basically opened up the entire process by saying, you already know how to act. We're just here to give you tools to help you reach that acting self on a deeper level, to give you a tool belt, which is something you hear a lot of actors talk about, a tool belt. But what does that mean? Sometimes we use this vernacular as actors, and we all just kind of accept it as like, yeah, yeah, your tools. But what does that really mean? 
to me, the tools of an actor are just the different techniques, exercises, ways that you can find into a character, into a role. So one of the tools that I like to use, for example, this is a, a small one, but it's one that I think a lot of actors use, which is making a playlist, right? Making songs for your character that you can listen to and, and start to feel more of a connection. Maybe the lyrics resonate with something your character feels, or maybe it's just the overall vibe of the song. But that's one technique, right? That's one tool that we can use. I don't remember who this was, but there was an actress who spoke about a performance she gave where she was playing multiple different characters in the same project. And so she had specific playlists for each of them so that she could just start to play that before this new person's scene and, and rearrange, get back into the mindset of this character that is so wildly different from character B that she was playing. So that's a tool. Another tool, walking around this space, using some Viola Spolin, using some repetition, using daydreams. I don't know if repetition would technically be, that's more just like general acting technique. But even that, you could do that with a scene partner. Do some repetition work with a scene partner. So these are the different tools that we pick up, different ways to find ourselves deeper into character or deeper in the moment. So how do we determine then which tools we need to use? How do we determine which ones work best for us? Well, it's trial and error, really. I think it's always good to you know, again, another thing I've picked up from all of these interviews is how often actors will say they just religiously go to the script. You know, Anthony Hopkins will read the script a hundred times or so. And by then, he doesn't even have to really work on the memorization part. He is just memorized because he's read it so much. But that invests you in the world. Michael Fassbender talks about the same thing. Carrie Mulligan talks about the same thing. Just reading that script over and over and over again because it invests you in the world. You start to pick up things. You know, if you can read it out loud, that's always the best. Particularly if you can read it with someone. If someone is willing to read with you, maybe your significant other or a dear friend. Um, but reading it out loud can help you find new discoveries within the script. I really love Joaquin Phoenix's approach too. Joaquin Phoenix talks about how he just starts to imagine all of these different possibilities with the scene, with the character. But how when he gets to set, he, he really makes sure that he's not holding on to any of them. He's not planning, I'm going to do it that way I practiced last night. And his point is that when he does that, it almost always turns out bad. When we go in preconceived, it's rare that it's going to be organic, right? It's tough to be in the moment when we're trying to force our idea into a round hole. Sometimes it can work, right? Sometimes we can share an idea with the director and maybe they'll like it and we go forward. But I personally agree that it's better to write, rather than plan it and do it a certain way, fill yourself up with possibilities so that when the wind of the other actor or scene partner comes at you, you can float freely in whatever direction your impulses take you. That was a very poetic way, hopefully very poetic. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was a pretty bad metaphor. But hopefully a very poetic way to say it's better to stay loose, I think, and to be able to move. Now, that doesn't mean you don't prepare, right? Because I think sometimes, I know this happened to me when I was younger. I was so into preparation. I, I did so much prep work. I wrote like 
50-page biographies, backstories for my character. I would work all the time. But that work was always coming from this place of lack, from this feeling like I have to do these things because I'm just, there's no way I could play this otherwise. And that's a bad place to be because ultimately you're always thinking that you're not enough. So then it created this tightness around the performance. You know, I always felt like I had to control it in some way. I don't think consciously I was aware of that, but subconsciously it was like I had to be in control. And when you're trying to exert that much control on the script, it's, it's, it's hard to really be in the moment, you know? My eye was so much more focused on the perception of my work than the work itself. And that's not a great place to be when you're acting. You might have just heard my cat Kafka run down the stairs. She's super professional. Don't mind her. <laughs> um, and if you didn't, then hey, look at me. I'm super professional. So yeah, I think then I oscillated back to this place where I was like, cool, I need to learn how to let go in a scene, how to lose control. That was my biggest hurdle. Because I could do the prep work. I could find the character. I understood story. I knew how to break down a scene. But I had such trouble just letting go and trusting myself. And so I went far opposite in my technique. I went to some teachers that were really all about the idea that the old acting ways are outdated and that it's so much more about kind of being completely loose and open, like really only thinking about the scene you're in, not really worrying about character backstory, you know, characters shown through the lines of dialogue they say, not through all the backstory work. Plus, you can't even play backstory, right? You know, if you decide my character's dog died in a fire, I'm so sorry for <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to that. I Wow, I don't know why my mind went to that. Um, I just watched Minari recently. Maybe that's why. Um, so I'm sorry if that is touching on buttons. Um, but if you decide that, Right, that that was like a big significant event for your character. You can't like play that, right? We don't walk around like playing our backstory throughout our daily lives. It, it's there, right? We all have traumas and, and things from our past that stay with us to this day. But that really manifests more in like behaviors. And maybe, in, well not maybe, more so in unconscious ways that we're not fully aware of for the most part. Sometimes we can be, and that's why therapy is a great thing for actors, for artists, for human beings in general. Everyone should go to therapy. But, and so ultimately, these were the teachers I was seeing. I was seeing teachers that were pushing me in this direction to really just let go and trust my impulses. And so that was great for me, and I started finding a lot of success in being lighter on my feet. You know, one of my favorite teachers, uh, a fellow by the name of Jeff Seymour, who has a podcast called The Real Life Actor Podcast, if you're interested. It's a fantastic podcast. He talks about how, as actors, it's almost like we have a backpack on in a scene. And the more we, like, fill up with all of this background work and, and backstory and all of these exercises that we can do, the heavier that backpack gets, it makes it tougher for us to react in the moment. And so his technique is about giving you kind of the essential things you need in that backpack so that you can know the story that you're in, know what's happening in the scene, know what your character wants, and know like how your character wants to operate, and then just play. 
Now, I tried that for a while, and I enjoyed it. I, I found a lot more freedom, a lot more of an ability to let go, and an ability to just trust the work and to trust myself. You know, because when you're going in with such light work that you've done on it, you know, maybe you've learned your lines, but otherwise you've just done kind of some basic scene work, you have no choice but to rely on your impulses. And you slowly learn that you are enough. Again, another one you hear from so many of these actor interviews is how little you have to do as an actor. How sometimes we feel like we have to push ourselves or push our emotions so much more, but it's just not really necessary. Really, it's not. Now, I mean, every role calls for something different, right? But for the most part, especially in film acting, you can trust that the audience will be able to pick up on a lot of the things that you're doing without you having to go overboard or really show them that you're happy, yada, yada, yada. Now, ultimately, I oscillated a little bit back to where I was because I decided I kind of like putting in that work. I like thinking of these things, and it's not as intense as it was before. And I'm still able to find that ability to let go into a role. And all that is because I played with my process, which I think is the ultimate thing we always need to do, is try to introduce new elements into your process. Try to introduce an element that maybe didn't work for you before. A couple years ago, you tried it, didn't seem to work. Maybe just try it again. Maybe something shifted. But ultimately, try new ways. Try a new process to get into the character. Because really the only things that you for sure have to do as an actor are memorize your lines and know your blocking. That's the job, right? If you get hired and you do that, like, and I'm not saying that that should be our standard. We shouldn't think of it like that. Like, cool, got my lines, know my blocking. I'm done here. Not going to work on this anymore. No. I don't think so. But there are days, you know, when we're on, especially like if you're in a theater production that goes for 10 weeks, eight days a week, you're not going to feel it every time. You're just not. That doesn't mean you can stop, right? You can't just say, okay, audience, I'm very sorry, but this is just it's not happening today. Thanks for coming to Hamlet. Thanks for pen spending. <laughs> pending. Thanks for pending. Thanks for spending. $125 on your tickets, but uh, yeah, just not feeling it today. So have a good one. No, you can't do that. So you just go through it, right? You just do your blocking, you do your lines. When you're doing a show that much, it'll start to work on the outside in as well, right? So sometimes that is going to be all that you can do. And that's the bare minimum. That's technically the job. But ultimately... The performances that we remember that we resonate with are how that performer brings their heart to the role, right? There's a reason there have been so many Hamlets. You know, I just watched on YouTube for free, by the way. You could totally check this out right after this podcast if you'd like. Uh, Andrew Scott's Hamlet performance from about six years ago. And there's a reason that we have seen so many performers play Hamlet. It's because we're not necessarily watching Hamlet. We're watching... Andrew Scott as Hamlet. We're watching Jude Law as Hamlet or Benedict Cumberbatch as Hamlet. We want to see how their humanity resonates within the role. And so that is the deeper work that we have to do in the process, I think. 
And if I'm just giving like a basic, if you've never created a role or if you are still feeling after all this, like I, that's great that we have different tools, but I don't know what to do. Here's my suggestion. This is what I like to do as a vague kind of outline of a process, which is one script. Read that script. Read that puppy over and over and over and over again. Two, I just start thinking of inside out stuff. Usually in a personal sense, like how do I connect with this character? Where are we similar? Where are we different? Finding emotions that it seems like the character might be experiencing or problems that I've been through and trying to remember how I was in that situation. Using the magic if, right? If I was in that situation, how would I be? How would I respond? And from there, I do start thinking of relationships, who these people are in the scenes with me to that character. Who are they to me? Who are people I mention in the past? By that, I mean, you know, my character talks a lot about his mama on stage, but we never meet his mama. However, that's clearly a relationship that's important to him. So he talks about it. I think about like the relationship to my character's father, who's never brought up. But I think it's interesting. So you do some of that inside-out work. And then I think start working on outside-in, you know? What energy center does this character lead from? Do they lead from their head, from their heart, from their growing? How do they hide? How do they walk? You know, Larry Moss talks about being so specific with the character. How do they sit down? How do they hold a cigarette? How do they drink? I think that's interesting stuff to explore. But maybe don't hold yourself to that. You know what I mean? Don't beat yourself up in a scene if you're not holding the cup the way you had thought of before. Again, trust the moment. Trust the impulses that arise. I hold a glass. Justin, I hold a, a glass of coffee. A, a cup of coffee. Right? You don't hold a glass of coffee because it's too hot. Unless it's iced coffee. This is a podcast where I teach you about acting and holding coffee. But if I'm holding a cup of coffee, maybe I hold it one way all the time. But sometimes I just grab it a different way and I don't think anything of it. I don't have a moment of identity crisis, right? Nor should your character. But it can sometimes, you can find a physical gesture, which is like Michael Chekhov, right? A physical gesture that connects you with the character. So I played a serial killer um, about a year ago now in a short film. And I watched all of these documentaries on serial killers, these interviews with serial killers and one thing I noticed was this one guy who had glasses that would always slide down his nose he would push them up with his pointer finger and he'd use like the side of his pointer finger to push them up which was so interesting to me and so I just started doing that you know it's one of those things where you start with the because I have glasses, and when my glasses slide down, I usually push them up with, like, the tip of my pointer finger and just push them right up in the middle. Um, so as I would do that throughout the week, I'd shift, and I'd say, no, use the inside of your pointer finger. And as I started to do that consciously, eventually it became unconscious to the point where, you know, a couple of weeks after the project was done, I was still doing it that way, slowly shifted back to the way I do it. And it's not much, right? It's not something, no one's going to watch that performance and be like, man, he pushed up his glasses with his 
finger in a weird way. That guy was amazing. But it did something for me. It felt different than Justin. It felt different than me. But still so automatic. Very much of that character. And so that works for me in a lot of ways. I always try to find something like that. Some kind of physical shift. It doesn't have to be much. But something that just makes me feel a bit different. Sometimes it can be something as simple as like changing up the type of cologne or perfume that you're wearing. Just something new. But again, it's all through your experimentation with the process. And I think the only way we can experiment with our process is if we trust that we are enough. I think when we get rigid with the process, it's because we feel like this is the only way I can do this. I have to do all these things. Otherwise, it's not going to be great. And maybe that's me projecting some of my old insecurity. But I do think there's a level of that, a level of acting from lack, which is so dangerous. We want to act from abundance and from joy, I think. And so I hope this helped. To find your process, just experiment. Find new tools. See what works for you. And remember, there will always be different ways into a character. Maybe it will be a connection you have in the inside-out work. Maybe it'll be a certain line the character has. Maybe it'll be the way you push up your glasses. Maybe it'll be research you do for a role. You know, if you're playing a boxer and you start going to a boxing gym, maybe that will be the way in. But it's about experimenting. Find that process through experimentation and remember that that process is subject to change. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I really appreciate anyone that listens to this podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing. When you listen, it gives me more of an incentive to do it. It makes it possible for me to do it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd so greatly appreciate a review and a rating because that helps get more people listening, which, again, would just mean the world to me because it's something I I care about a lot. And... If you have any ideas or any thoughts for what you'd like to hear in future episodes, you can leave a comment uh, in Spotify or in the wherever you get your podcasts and your ratings. Uh, you could head over to TikTok or Instagram at The Acting Notes. Let me know there. Or you can head over to the YouTube at The Acting Notes channel. Thanks for listening. Peace.